The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When something happens to your car, you might say, No! My car! But what you really need to say is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, State Farm is there to help you file your claim right on the State Farm mobile app. So, just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. At what point in yeah. the hiatus will you feel like, all right, I'm ready to get back? I'll probably drive my wife crazy somewhere in between week two and three, <laughs> where she'll be like, all right, I mean, are you really going to have a drink every night? Yeah. Every night you're going to have a drink? Oh, yeah, baby. What's up? We're back. Let's it's Chris go. Sims. It's Connor Rogers. The break is done. It's football season officially. When Unbutton is back, that's when you know the league year starts, all right? So, hope everybody's good. Yes, the hiatus was great. Did I drive my wife crazy a few times? A hundred percent. That's what husbands do, especially this one, okay? Yes, there was tons of smoky, smoky, drinky, drinky. In fact, I think at one point she looked over me. I don't think I drove her crazy until week three. That's a pretty good stretch. Right after week three of the, of the, the hiatus. Right. But, yeah, I mean... I, Connor, I mean, you know me well enough yep. to know that, you know, I don't have a um, a break, um, like a break pad. So I'm just all gas, no breaks. Like yeah, you're, you're, you're Robert Sala. Right. Yeah, you follow I, Robert Sala so mantra. when it's work time, I work hard. When it's play time, I, I fucking play hard. And, uh, yeah, I went, I think, on a 21-day run of drinking and smoking. I love it. Right? And then woke up one day, and I was like, I don't feel very good. It catches up right? to you quick. I was like, I think I'm sick. And I text one of my friends later that day, and he's like, dude, he's like, you're not sick. You're just like, it's a three-week hangover you finally yeah, had. Right. It caught up to you. Three weeks so, is yeah. pretty dang good, So though. I had to uh, take a few days off after that. When you, you know this. I mean, playing and now working in it. When you work in football, you get that stretch of June where nothing's going on. That's what you gotta you gotta capitalize on it. Well, that's, that's what you got. Kind of got me. I guess like that to a degree. Right. I mean, football life. world. Even yes. as a player, you capitalized on that. You know, you are training and doing stuff like that. But you want to maximize fun that that month before a training camp. But I think yes, you're right. It went to another level, really, with my coach friends in the NFL. That's oh, where bet. you know I used to see some of them early on in the break and whatever. And you know, it was like, oh yeah, you're right. It's limited time. Let's just have fun for three, four weeks in a row and just go after it. And it's kind of what I think of or put my mode in now. I kind of look at it the same way. Like, okay, here's my break. Let's go. And you're right. There's those guys, that crew. The NFL is pretty much all gas, no breaks all the way through, too. They take advantage of the time. They off. definitely and, do. And so did we. But doesn't it feel good now to have camps going and seeing news from camps? Definitely. I, I always get so excited for the break, especially after the draft. Yeah. But then about three weeks in, like you said, 
I'm looking around and I'm like, man, I gotta go somewhere. Gotta do, yeah, Football's yeah. gotta get going yeah, again. Yeah, right. I mean, New York baseball is horrible, so right. that hasn't carried us over like <laughs> no, it usually it should. Yes. So, man, it's it's good to be back, and I'm pumped to be yeah, here. Yeah, I was officially going crazy. 100%. It was about time. I was like, all right, how many vodkas on the rocks can I have? Like, how right. much weed can I smoke? Like, I need a little different stimulation here now. My last uh, stop on vacation was in Ireland, and you went to Ireland. I went to Ireland. Look at you. You yeah. actually went on a real vacation. I bounced around Europe a little bit, and when it was like day 10 and it was like guinness number five yeah. of day 10 i yeah. looked around and i'm like i gotta get home like this is awesome i'm <laughs> loving this but at some point i gotta get back to work so wait something. wait you're just casually hopping around europe where else did you hop around to mr star I over started here? in amsterdam okay went through belgium okay and then flew from belgium to ireland okay. and, and then came home damn that's it was great a, that's a good, good it was a good trip that's a good few cities there yeah the trains actually function in europe right. unlike over here so yeah, you, can, yeah. you can get you know to a new country in an hour or two amsterdam fun. amsterdam phenomenal yeah. i mean you got after it yeah you can yeah. Imagine what Amsterdam yeah, is like. Sure, uh, also, beautiful city though. Oh, it's everybody a beautiful it's country. I know, beautiful I know, country. Right. So. Good time. But All right. Good to be a human again. Yeah, good. Good to have yeah. you back. No Thank Ahmed you. Farid. Everybody might be wondering who the hell is this guy that's good looking with muscles next to Chris. I don't know him. This is <laughs> Connor Rogers. He's one of our newcomers, let's say, for now. You're still a rookie here at I NBC Sports, am. right? You're still a yeah. rookie. We I don't have a rookie hazing. No. You know, no I, Northwestern no, no, here. This is okay. Northwestern, okay? <laughs> All right. Shot. But, uh, no. yeah, Ahmed will be back next week. But always glad to have you. And, and like, you know, good looking way better style than Ahmed. Yeah, Ahmed I mean man. it's not even close I mean come Can't on you got a cool shirt and the sneakers I was going to bring them up before the pod but they're they're kind of sweet right there Thank you, Sims. Blazers, blazers like yeah, what, the, what kind of color combo do you the, like the throwback blazers uh there was a time where I looked at they're almost like Miami yeah colors, I was going to say like they kind of look dolphinish you yeah. shouldn't be doing that Mr. No, when Jet I ordered fan. them I thought they were more Metsish and then uh, you, when you get the box you're like oh these yeah. aren't the orange I thought but right. you know what good summer look yeah good it is so, a good summer look yeah. you got to have some color sneakers in the summertime you got to got to all right so where do you want to start go ahead you can drive this ship from here we got a lot of great questions people were so excited when you sent the tweet that we're back it's it's (laughs) nice to see that from people how pumped they are they missed you you're a part of their routine uh and listen they want to know about your routine the Uh first one is Uh from 2k7 steph i'll actually package these two together 2k7 steph said what you've been smoking chris and (laughs) at the real mr b said glad you've had your fill of gummies oh well hey at the real mr b i don't mess with gummies okay so that's not in my repertoire right uh, so I, I i don't know about you know you or anybody You're else old school there. dirty i'm old school dirty yep. i'm a flower guy i'm smoking it the gummies i for whatever reason i don't like how they make my stomach feel i don't like not knowing when it's gonna hit me that's right? a big issue right yeah, so me, me and my buddy call it deploying yeah and uh, deploying is you know there's a wide range of outcomes. Exactly. Depending you on what you do. ate and things you're going to do, you don't yeah. know what's going to happen. Yeah. So I don't mess with gummies. All right. I do smoke. And at 2K Steph, um, man, I'm a sativa guy. You should know that. I'm sativa Sims. All right. And <laughs> I, no, for the dispensary, what I had, they were a little limited in the summer. But the ones I leaned on big time is haze, just straight haze, H-A-Z-E. That is one of my favorite sativas. I got strawberry cough. That was a big part of my life, uh, which is another one of my favorite sativas. Then um, insane in the membrane, which I mean, does it live up to the name? Well, right, it does. It's great. It gets my brain all all stimulated. One hundred percent. All crazy things going on. And then Jack Herrera. Jack Herrera is a famous strain uh, by a famous grower. I think Jack Herrera. I don't even know the full history there, but those are my favorites right there. When I see them in stock. 
Rock. Yeah. I'm like, give me ten of those. Yeah, you got to yeah. be good to have a, a strain named after you. Right. Yeah. He. Right? I, I can't remember what the history is there, but he's like a famous grower out in the West Coast, and this is what he came up with. And uh, yeah, it suits me. So that's usually what I mess with. That's like the weed version of like a college football award. Like the Balikinoff, but like no, you like uh, the Jack Herrera, <laughs> the Jack Herrera. Yeah, that's pretty the good. The Jack Herrera like award. That. Yeah, you're I like right. that. <laughs> Our next one here uh, from Memet three hundred five. What was the main thing both of you enjoyed during the off season outside of spending with uh, time with your family and Chris smoking weed? Man, I, I kept it simple. Okay, I mean, I, unlike you, where you're free and can just live life. If yeah, you have animals Europe, and kids, I, exactly. It doesn't, I'm not there yet. Yeah, you're not dangerously there close. You'll see one day. Yes. You'll see life yeah. will t- take a turn and it yeah. won't be so fun all the time all right mr <laughs> Amsterdam in ireland over there uh but uh no really it, it, i i actually enjoyed just being simple right. i mean waking up a little late coffee sitting in the yard you know yes i am a we have all the animals i enjoy waking up in the morning and making sure everything's in the right place let me check if these chickens are okay the horse is okay the pool i you know survey the the grounds but really what took up most of my time my son's baseball you know he's playing baseball this time of the Tra- year travel already well, yeah travel oh, that's went your, up to cooperstown your whole right, for a tournament right <laughs> yes. so i mean that's really it was 3 to 4 games a week doing that but that's like a great joy you know man a dad sitting there at 42 years old like me last night he's got a game it's 5 30 on a sunday afternoon and you're watching your little boy play baseball come on it's like the american dream so i really enjoyed that the pool simple stuff my daughter is 17 and my daughter was like you know she's great and but she was always simple and just about the you know the family and the farm animals, and occasionally she'd hang out with her friends to the point sometimes where we'd be like, hey, you need Push to go hang with bit. your friends a little right. bit. It's the, the world has gone 180. Oh, no. <laughs> the last, like, seven weeks, it's like she's a social butterfly. She's out every night. She's driving? Uh, she's, she's 17, and she's not driving yet. Okay. She's been cool with, like, kind of slow playing right. that. But also, it's become like I'm fucking paying Uber bills yeah. constantly <laughs> oh, no. because I can't always go pick her up at right. 12 o'clock yeah. or, you know, hey, me and mom just sat down to eat. I can't do this. So we started doing the Uber thing. But, man, that's kept me. Um, we got kids at the house trying to steal our liquor. Uh, right. And then they got the worst is they'll replace it with, like, water and stuff. Well, and it just ruins yeah. everything. You got to watch out for that. And lock it up. That's yeah, really you need, you need a safe. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, man. I mean, not that so I would know anything about that. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah, sure. You don't know. So. He came through here on Jack Herrera. Jack Herrera, sometimes called the Emperor of Hemp, there we go. was an American cannabis rights activist and the author of the 1985 book, The Emperor Wears No Clothes. As an activist, he advocated for the decriminalization of the cannabis plant and argued that it could be used as a renewable source of fuel, medicine, food, fiber, and paper slash pulp. He yes. further asserted that the U.S. government has been deliberately hiding the proof of this from its own citizens. Yeah. It's a man ahead of his time. Way ahead of his time. Yeah. Yeah. I knew he was famous for something. Yeah. Say, uh, he, it, well, we might have a statue in my house soon because that's that's just good. Okay, I really do like it. But that's a, a a cool thing. And what I do know, that's just to piggyback off that. That's some of the things I've read and even watching a documentary in the history of the weed. It's funny he's at the end there. You said the U.S. government. You know, the one of the big things behind the the bad you know stigma behind weed is two major industries, right? And one is paper. Paper was threatened by hemp. 
because hemp could be used by that. And then the cotton industry, because hemp could be used for clothes as well. And that, from my understanding, was two things that really kind of put the pressure behind the scenes on the U.S. government to always make sure that was a criminal thing to have marijuana and all that. So there's your lessons of the day. Street life. Chris Simpson button, all right? And <laughs> now we can talk about football. <laughs> yes, we can. And unfortunately, the thing we have to start with, oh, some shit. breaking news, some not-so-fun things. You hate when these come through with training camp. Lions uh, safety C.J. Gardner-Johnson carted off practice after a non-contact leg injury. Gosh. Well, I, these are the worst. And, and you know, I, I, know, I don't know exactly how you feel about this. This player, to me, is a, a phenomenal football player. Been underrated for multiple 100%. years. A hundred percent. Like, multiple I would sit years. here and go, well, the Saints let go of him for Tyrone Matthews. It's crazy. Still crazy. Right. That's crazy. It's, he's, he's a phenomenal football player. He's rare, and then he does that nickel safety thing. That's it, yeah. He tackles like a linebacker, but covers like a corner. Elite um, slot. Elite, elite slot. Yeah. Exactly yep. right. And... Here's the thing I, 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 you know, I was actually talking about the Lions a little this morning. And one of my things is they're all their expectations, right, and what they have on them. You know, I know Dan Campbell's a good leader, but, you know, at looking at them, because I knew we were going to talk about them today on the Pro Football Talk show, you, know, you look at their team and their roster and you go, you know, who are the leaders of that football team? Who are the guys that you're going like, to call out teammates or go, hey, this practice sucked today. What the fuck are we doing? we right. got to pick it up, right? Chauncey Gardner-Johnson probably would have been the short list of guys that I would say would have done that, right? For a team that's got high expectations, not only does it hurt on the field, it hurts in the attitude department. He's got something to bring there that's special. That's why Sean Payton drafted him and loved him. That's why the Detroit likes him because Detroit, where are they all from? All those coaches, the Saints, they knew about this guy. So that's where I feel for him. And that defense, of course, needed that position. It was the last defense in football for a reason last year. It was because of a weak secondary. So let me ask you this yeah. as someone who's experienced plenty of this for a guy like Aiden Hutchinson, right? Where yeah. that's going to be expected. Right. Is, is camp number two too early? Especially he was good as a rookie. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but it's not like. He had, you know, 12 sacks. Everyone's looking at him as this superstar immediately. Right, right. Is that unfair, maybe? I, I don't think it's – I think it's about – I think it's right. Like, okay. he can start to voice his displeasures or pleasures or motivations or whatever. You know, being the number two pick in the draft. And then, like you said, the biggest thing is – I think there's two things. One, it looks like he works and does all the things that right. you should do to be successful. And then two, the big part of what you just said is he was successful on the field. He was definitely one of the bright spots of their defense last year, you know, you know if not the best player on their defense. So, yeah, I think that's something that's probably going to be thrusted on him more than your normal second-year player just because of what we're talking about. There's lack of those guys on their team, and there's lack of that marquee star that can go, wait, I've been here or done that, or I've been the man for this long, and we all need to do this or whatever. Oh, I think he is going to have to fill that role. All right, so before we get to a mega ask me anything, yeah. some news we missed. Madden ratings, mm. sure to infuriate everyone. Of course. Uh, but let's start with the good. These yeah. are the 99 club. These are their premiere, and I like that. Madden doesn't make a lot of guys in 99 yeah, anymore. It's supposed to be special. Right. And the players they highlighted that are special, no shock, the duo Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey fit that mold. Definitely. I mean, generational at their positions. Yeah. A layup. Uh, layup. Yep. The next three, Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Regarded okay. as the best receiver in football. Right. I think there's debate there, but obviously. I, I don't know if I would have gave it 99. Right. I'm not okay. going to lie. All right. It's so really what are, damn good. So what are the, the attributes that are maybe a 97? Yeah, well. I'll throw it to you like that. Yeah, well, that's where, like, you know, Justin Jefferson's awesome. I, I get it, you know. But it, like you said, I kind of look at 99s to be, I don't know, special 
And the fact that, yes, it was one year that was amazing and all that, yes, that was great too. He's a part of a system that really fit him and made it work, right? But where I would also go is like, hey, Justin Jefferson's also not the type of talent where you can throw like a slant to and you think he's going to run 70 yards to the house. Like That's Jamar not Chase his game. And, right. Yeah. That's where the receiver one jumped out to me a little bit. And and why we're on it, let, let's just unpack it a little bit, right? Because like here, here's my first thought, and I might be wrong about some of this, all right? And if you're watching, here's our graphic of the top 10 receivers and, you know, uh, Connor, go ahead. You can read them off. And, yeah. So Jefferson's yeah. the only 99. Tyreek Hill's number two at a 98. Uh, Devontae Adams, still amazing, in 97. You have two 96s here in Cooper Cup and Stephon Diggs. Jamar Chase, a little bit of a surprise to me at 94. I think you can make an argument he's the best receiver in football right now. Terry McLaurin is a 92. A.J. Brown and Amari Cooper are 91 overall. And C.D. Lamb all rounds right. out all the right. top 10. So let's start there. Brain blow emoji. First of all, leave this graphic up. The most egregious thing by far is A.J. Brown in the 91. A.J. Brown was unstoppable last year. Double team him, throw the ball up like he did in the Super Bowl. Oh, didn't matter. Touchdown. Throw a slant, 70-yard touchdown. I mean, moss people all year long, A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown should not even be fucking anywhere near the number (laughs) eight. Okay? That's insane. To me, A.J. Brown should be... Right up there in the class with Justin Jefferson and Tyree okay. Kill and Devontae Adams, if you want. But here's what I was going to say. This is one of the things, too. You know, Madden, of course, is phenomenal. It's the greatest sports video game ever invented. Is Ocho Cinco still doing the receiver ratings a little bit? I know for a while, Ocho Cinco was very That's a part question. of it, right? Like consulting and with them? He was consulting with them. He was beyond the field in pregame because he was there to look at players and help out with Madden. I don't know if he still is, but one thing that jumped out to me about this list, to me, and where I think it's wrong, it's too heavily favored on the route runners. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, it's too much. Oh, okay, great. He runs a great route. Devontae Adams is a great route runner. I don't, he can't catch a slant and run 90 yards like Jamar Chase can, right? He can't, he can't just moss people and break tackles and break an ankle like A.J. Brown can. So, to me, there was too much put on the route running stuff. Which of course is a great skill to have. I get that, but I'm you know me. I'm a little bit more of I'm not that way. I think route running, of course, is important, but I think it's a hair overrated. Tyree Kill is not the greatest route runner. Tyree Kill is still the most scary guy at receiver in all of football. You can ask any D coordinator in football that. That's not that's not a question. So just from that alone. You know, that's where I'd go, you know, Tyree Kill, I still think, is the most feared guy. Jamar Chase, I think, would be up there with the second most feared guy. We can't leave him one-on-one, or it's going to be a big completion, or a touchdown, or whatever. And A.J. Brown and Terry McCorn are also guys like that, that I feel like are being disrespected, maybe because they don't run the best, you know, slant return route, or the best post-corner route. But I want to go, so what? But... They catch the ball, and it's like a touchdown every fucking time they touch it. And I think that's being, you know, a little undervalued there. So those are like – those were at least four names to me that I felt like were a little disrespected in that wide receiver combination. Yeah, you, the physical freaks kind of got overlooked yes. here. I mean, well, even D.K. Metcalf is wide receiver 15 Yeah, on the I, list. Right. I, I don't I – don't, yeah. Debo, I know Debo had a down year last year. Right. But see, so they're not giving them enough credit for their ability to take reverses and screens to the house where I go – like, Justin, Jeff- Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup, and Stephon Diggs cannot do what Jamar Chase, Terry McLaurin, A.J. Brown, or Tyree Kill do on screens, reverses, speed sweeps, or any short pass. They're, they're way dangerous than them. 
And to me, that I just thought that was a little bit undervalued, at least popping out to me seeing these ratings. Quarterback scheme-proof guys. That's exactly. how I like to call that, them. That's the way to like, say it. Play Connor. him with Taylor Heineke Doesn't and they'll make a play. Doesn't matter what offense you right. put him in. Right. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't ma- oh, he's one-on-one? We're throwing it to him. Oh, he's the number one read? We're throwing right. to him. Like it, that, That's what I mean. Yep. And not to say there's anything bad. I mean, listen, Cooper Cup and Stephon Diggs, they're the man. Devontae yeah. Adams, Justin Jefferson, all of them. I just think they're a little high and the other guys are a little low, and I'd like to see that meet in the middle somewhere that way. So the only other two 99s, and I'm curious if you mm-hmm. think these guys are still deserving of that. Zach Martin? Yeah, I don't Cowboys, think so. Right? I, I feel like you said something perfect before we even sat down. You're yeah. like, it feels a little late. It's like three years late. Right? <laughs> like, it's yeah. like, it's done. Like, if you would have made him a 99, two, three, four years ago, go, no doubt. Best guard in football. I don't think he's necessarily the best guard in football right now. So that does seem a little bit weird that he was thrown into that uh, at, at this point. Still awesome. Listen, if he was a 97 or, you know, a 98, I, I don't know if I'd really say anything. But a 99, like you said, it's a special club. Oh, yeah. It, it's, it's a five thing. Right. Last one's Aaron Donald. Yeah. So then you got – so so I didn't agree with the Zach Martin. And then the Aaron Donald one, I mean, in totality, he's, uh, I, he's a 99 lifetime. I get it. It's a legacy 99. It's a legacy 99. Is he a 99 after last year? You know, again, I think I said it all. Listen, I love Aaron Donald. And Aaron Donald's the kind of guy, he'd probably hear this, and he's going to look at me and go, hey, Sims, what the fuck are you talking about? Start dodging knives. I'm a 99. Okay, all right, you're right. You are a 99. That's right. I forgot. (laughs) What was I thinking? But, like, I think last year was the first year, and and I said this towards the end of the season, it's the first year ever where I got done with the year, and I said Aaron Donald was not the best defensive tackle in football last year. He was not. You know, Chris Jones was better than he was last year, you know. And, of course, Aaron was hurt, too. But guys like Quinn and Williams had an unbelievable year. But I think last year I can definitively say Chris Jones was the best D tackle in football over Aaron Donald. And that was the first time I feel like I've been able to say that since maybe Aaron Donald's second year in the NFL. So, yeah, those, those ones jumped out to me. Again, not that I think Aaron Donald should be like a 90. I'm just saying 99 special. I thought, you know, after last year I was expecting to see him a 98 or 97. If you had to pick one guy that you think got snubbed from a 99, whether Micah Parsons, Nick Bosa – uh, a corner, one of the corners out there. Who would who would you roll mm. with? In this I think spot? Micah would probably be the I one. I was kind of thinking you that know, too. Him Mike, or Bosa. Yeah, Miles Garrett. Yeah, uh, is really close. close. It's, it's really close, right? You know, um, you know, Micah is just such a physical freak and so effective in so many areas of the football game. You know, I wondered where Trent Williams might be. Right. I thought like, oh, maybe he'll be close to that ninety-nine club. Um, you know, I think that that's one that looked at it. the corners. I did not agree with the corner one. Why we're on that too? I'm going to go back to what I said in the spring. Jalen Ramsey is not the top corner in football, at least for my money. I I know there's people Quandre Diggs and you know and uh, Darius Slay don't, don't don't agree, but I I I I don't look at it, and I look at the best corners in football right now, and I go Sauce Gardner, Patrick Sertain, Xavier Howard, yep. Jair Alexander. Um, I'm missing somebody else, another two. Oh, my guy Tyson Campbell down in, in the Jaguars. I, uh, yes. He didn't make the top ten. I, I, that's, that's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, he's their shutdown, like, man-to-man yeah. big-time corner. They all, like, just wax poetically about him down there all the time. They're blown away with how good he is. But he's on the Jaguars, and he's not a household name. You know, and, and we're – you know, I know I'm going to get pushed back by going Jalen Ramsey's not the top corner in football. I love Jalen Ramsey. I hope he knows that. I mean, gosh. 
I've, I've been, you know, kissing his ass and telling how people he, how awesome he was since his first year. He's the man. I love him. But where he's at in his career, what we've seen happen to him man-to-man the last two seasons, no, it's not on par with the other guys, nor does he ask to be on an island as much as those other guys are, which is where I would say it's, it's a little different. So, And, and then the, the thing I would pose to this, because I was saying this to a friend this weekend, I got it, and he's like, He's like, man, no, Jalen Ramsey. I mean, he's, he's, I think he's still the best. And I was like, yeah, but I know you don't watch film and you don't do it. Right. Like, you're just, you know, you call me on Sunday to ask me about fantasy football. Like, just stop. <laughs> and and I go, well, let's put it this way. Do you think if the Rams traded Aaron Donald right now, they'd get a third round pick for him? Oh, I mean, it would be more than that. Would, no shit. Yeah. Right. That's or any of these. That so, speaks volumes. Yeah, just stop. Like yep. everybody, just stop. He's awesome. He's one of the best defensive backs in football, but pure man-to-man cover corner. No. So I was a little surprised by that, too. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few... The proud, the Marines. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Let's jump into the Ask Me Anything because we have boom so many good questions, team-related, NFL-centric, and beyond that. The topic of the summer right now, Chris, and it's local for yeah, us, but really? it's also now national. Yeah. Running back salaries. Uh-huh. The first one here from Nick Phyllis. Welcome back. Expand on the solution you have offered for the devaluation of running back salaries. Yeah. Did right. you have your own solution? I have a couple. I, I do, too. I, I want to well, hear yours first. Well, I started, I've started back in my Bleacher Report days right. on this subject with Lefko, how this is unfair to running backs, and this has to change. You know, and the thing I threw out over the last two years, and especially early on this offseason, is can they find a, a pool of money or whatever where, like, at the end of the year, there's a pool of money in the NFL and it's part of the revenue bargaining agreement, and then they can go, you know, incentive-based. So let's just say it's a second-year running back who was a third-round pick and he's making, you know, $700,000 a year. But he's the number three running back in football, right? Can they 
find a way to give these guys like a pool of money to go, wait, here's a $4 million bonus for your year. Cause you were clearly one of the best players. And we have this it doesn't count against like the that. salary keep cap against the team or anything like that. Right. So that was always one of my solutions to try to try to figure it out that way. All right. So there's my first one. Let's, let's keep going. What's what, what, what you got here? So I came up with three last night. Right. I, I think that's the most effective way to reward performance. Right. Because you have these guys that are, you know, second or third round picks, not making much money, yeah. that are going off for 1,300 yards. And, yeah. and that's a way that's not uh, restricting anyone's cap, but it's also rewarding performance. Right. The three I came up with, the first one, you know how the NBA does like the mid-level exception yes, or things exactly. like that? I hear you. For those that aren't basketball fans, basically the long story short of it is teams that are at the salary cap have a certain amount of money they can spend on one player. It's around like $12 million right now. It doesn't affect your cap. It doesn't right. affect the hard cap. Right. So my version of that NFL one is you would take 3% of the current salary cap. Every team Mm -hmm. gets a mid-level exception or something, their NFL version of it. It's 3% of the salary cap. So, for example, this offseason, that would have been $6.74 million. You can only use it on, right now, the running back position. I wonder if something like linebacker becomes really devalued. And that does not affect your salary cap at all. I think that solves the longevity of the position Mm -hmm. where nobody cares about Ezekiel Elliott right now, Dalvin Cook, guys like that. When those guys get cut, I think they'd find homes easier. It might not reward Saquon Barkley's problem right now, but when you're 28 and teams are like, we're not paying you anymore, maybe they use that mid-level exception and it doesn't affect your cap because there's no no risk. It's just owner cash. Yeah, no, I hear you. So that's the longevity. Here's ones that'll help the other guys. Number two, end rookie contracts early. But if the team has a team option that's inflated, so say running back contracts are now only three years long, you can keep the guy the fourth year, but the inflation is double the salary. So they're making like $16 million if you want to keep him. If not, he's got to walk to free agency when he's 24 years old. I like that. I like that. There's something along that one that I really do like because – yeah, you know, three years and they can become a free agent. Yep. Or I, uh, I brought up even the, the – and I want to hear your third one yep. here in a second. I even brought up today, like, you know, an NFL running back should maybe be able to call for their free agency anytime in their, in their, their rookie contract. And then the team gets a right to match whatever offer they get. Restricted. So let's say you draft Saquon Barkley with the second pick of the draft. He has a good first year. Second year, he leads the NFL in rushing and goes, wait, it's time for me to be paid. And we all go, yes, it is. You're definitely one of the best players in football, right? Now, okay, he can go to the team and the league and go, I'm going to classify myself as a running back free agent this year. And he can open himself up to the market. And then the Giants have the the last right of refusal to match that offer or whatever. I would love to see something done like that. I like that you a know, lot. It's along the lines of what you're talking about a little bit there. The last one I have is if you want to franchise tag a running back, it has to be a two-year commitment. It has mm. to be both franchise tags. Mm. All the money is guaranteed. Mm-hmm. The Packers kind of did that with Aaron they Jones. Did. You're exactly right. Which was great for Aaron Jones and great for Green Bay because Aaron Jones is a great player. Who cares? But if you want to franchise tag a running back, so for instance, for Saquon, it would double his franchise tag number. He's there for two years. They might not still like that, but that's a lot of money guaranteed in a two-year window. Definitely. $26 so, million or $20 million, whatever. Yes. That's, two it's, years? It's, it's a, yes, you're right. I mean, that's all. at the end of the day, that's all that these guys want. They just want a little long-term security. Right. You know, they know they're not going to get five years guaranteed, but they want two or three years guaranteed. You know, and this is where, you know, hey, Saquon Barkley – 
He's one. Ezekiel Elliott, it's over. He's a car crash runner. It's over. I get it. Saquon Barkley is a guy that's not a car crash runner, and he's a freaky, freaky athlete. And I would be shocked if he fell off earth here in the next two to three years. I think he's still got a good two to three years left in him of being special, right? So this is a deep conversation. It really is. But, you know, I don't know how this gets fixed. I like some of our ideas we're throwing out there. I don't know if the NFL or, you know, the NFLPA will adopt some of these. I would like the player. The players understand the, what the running backs are going through. I explained this to Florio today, right? The players are not going to be mad at Saquon Barkley. They're not yeah. because they understand. First off, they're all going, wait, the freakiest guy on our team is making $10 million? The, the guy who could fight Dexter Lawrence in the middle of the locker room right now, we'd go, damn, that's a good fight. I mean, Saquon's hanging in there with him and, and you know, or Leonard Williams or whatever, and he's a running back. Like, running backs are freaky as hell. And then he can go out in the, on the grass and go, well, damn, he's the fastest guy on our team in a race. Whoa, he's, he's racing Jair Alexander here today, and he, oh, he's hanging in there. Whoa, holy – like, that's what a running back is. So the players are sensitive to what the running backs are going through here. You know, with, everybody on the Raiders knows Josh Jacobs is one of the freakiest guys on their team. So they're not going to be mad at him here for going, wait – you know, we got a guys that are not even as freaky at him in other positions. They're making twice as much money as him. So that's where they have a little, but I don't know. Their leverage is limited. That's the problem. And, and, and I think we have to unpack this a little bit because people go, well, you know, how did this happen and what happened and all of that, right? Florio brought up a great point today between analytics and Mike Shanahan. That started the devaluation of the running back. And I would say that's probably pretty true, right? And offenses have expanded, right? They've gotten better, right? So you don't have to necessarily go, oh, here, Earl Campbell, here, Walter Payton, here, Emmitt Smith. So, yeah, those are great ways to get yards. But offenses have become so much more creative where they go, well, okay, yeah, I, I wish I had Emmett Smith, but okay, I'll figure out a way to throw the ball four yards to the slot receiver here. We'll run a speed sweep with this guy. We'll put Debo Samuel a tailback for a play. So there's been there's ways there's a screen here to this guy. There's ways to make up for the lack of traditional running game in the league right now. That's what's devalued the position. The owners aren't this is not collusion. They're not going, let's not pay the running backs. They're they're not even a part of this. This is a GM coaches thing here. And it's, and it's part of the business, unfortunately. The supply outweighs the demand at the position. You got guys like Austin Eckler who want more money, but Austin Eckler, you're also the prime example of why you don't pay more money. You're a sixth-round pick, right? Was he, or undrafted. undrafted. Right. So that's why. you know. And then here's another one for you, just so, so we're on this. See if you like this. Here's another thing. I mean, it, you look at the top ten rushing teams in football last year, Right. The Bears, who who was their star running back? I mean, they bounced through a lot of guys. All right. And yeah. they have a running back who's a quarterback. So they're, the quarterback's another yeah. way that you can yeah. run the ball now. Right. Right? You don't have to have the running back. So here's the Bears at number one. The Ravens, stable of running Man, backs the whole year. Full committees. Right. Full committees. The Falcons are three in rushing. Tyson Algier, a mid round, round running pick. back. Fifth right. round. There you go. So they're three in football. The Giants, okay, they got Saquon. All right, that's cool. The Eagles, they were doing it with the quarterback and a stable and running backs. And they're doing it again. They're doing it again. Okay. The Browns have a stud, so we give sure. them that at number seven. The or six. The Bills at number seven. Josh Allen's their best. He runs. The and ball they're the them. seventh rushing team in football. 
So there you have that. You have the 49ers who are always in the top. This year they finally have Christian McCaffrey, but they've had a different leading rusher for the last five years in a row, right? The Dallas Cowboys went with Tony Pollard, who they drafted as a slot receiver, maybe a running back, right? So you got him. The Carolina Panthers, no more key running back. The Detroit Lions, no more key running back. So there you go. A bunch. The Washington Commanders are next on that list. No marquee running back. So that's the reason the state of the position is the way it is, and it's a tough one. Running backs are going to have to play hardball. Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, come to training camp. Get your fucking $10 million. $10 million ain't out there all the time. Get it. Guys aren't going to be mad at you if you don't put yourself on the line. If I'm Saquon Barkley, you report, you get that money, you don't take a year off. I love Saquon Barkley. I don't Barkley. think he will. You can't. Right. You're going to lose your explosiveness and speed and your ability to be as good at your craft as you are, just like we saw with Le'Veon Bell. He took a year off. He was never the same. Never. He was not the same human being. So that's where I would say don't do that, let alone don't leave $10 million out there that you'll never make up again. I don't care what you do. You're not going to make it up, right? And what I would start to do if I'm Saquon Barkley, and listen, the, the, Xavier McKinney came out and said, we understand what Saquon's going through. We're not mad at him. You, he's got to go around. He's got to tell the team, team, I'm putting myself on a pitch count. I'm, I'm just sorry. So when Brian Dayball wants to look over in week four and go, hey, hey, Saquon, he, he's got to look over at Brian Dayball and go, hey, fuck you. I had 20 carries today. I'm done for the day. I'm done. Sorry. You want me to – you should have paid me more. Sorry. And that's what I, that to me is the best leverage they have. Or, oh, damn, my shoulder is tight today. Man, that 15th carry got me. Damn, my shoulder's tight. I'm sorry. It's hardball. It's big boy business. That's life. That might be what he have to do here. They don't have many ways to use their leverage against these teams right now. And I think the thing they do have is they don't have to come back until week one. They start missing the game checks because they didn't sign the franchise tender. But, but I don't want with, that either. Isn't that problematic? Yeah. You're not going to be yourself in September. Exactly. I mean, no shot. Every now and then we see a freak of nature who can overcome that. Yeah. All right. Adrian Aaron Peterson. Donald did it yeah. one year, yeah. right? Where you're yeah. just like, he didn't even come to training camp. He just came on the field and was yeah. the best player in the game. Right? But, no, to your point, I think you're exactly right. Like, Saquon, Josh, Josh Jacobs, get there, sign that thing, get that money, be there, get in shape, be your best self, and if you got to start – you know, putting yourself on a pitch count or going, nah, I ran up the middle already 10 times on second one today. Put the other guy in. Then so be it and do it because uh, I, I don't think they're going to get, like, side-eye looks from the, the locker room. I think the locker room is very understanding of what's going on with the running backs right now. The last question on this was a little bit of a similar conversation we had from Meowsers. What do you all think about making a rule for teams to be allowed to go over the salary cap just for signing the running back position? Yeah. Basically, if signing a running back would have made you exceed the hard cap now, it doesn't. I like that, but it is it is difficult to pull off, right? Now running back salaries aren't in the salary cap, or is there a limit on them? Or, can or is you it just, like something like you're saying where it's like a percentage. He's, got, he's got a $10 million contract, right. but it's really only $5 million counts against the cap at the position. That's a good one. Maybe 50% of the contract something actually like counts to the cap, right. and then you can reward guys as just owner's cash. It has nothing to do with the salary cap. Right. That And that would solve a lot of the issues as well. So I know. It's, a, it's so unique, though. Because, and everyone listening to this smart enough football fan that knows, the CBA is written how it is, and they don't step away. No, neither side steps away from how the CBA no. is written. You know, no. the league doesn't 
teams will never give up the franchise tag. No, well, just like Forio said this to me today, and he made a great point. The the players and the NFLPA could go to the league right now and try to change this, but the league's going to go, well, what are you going to do for us? Because, I mean, that's how they the are owner every time. and everyone right. else is going to go, wait, you're taking money from us, but what are we getting back yeah. for it? And that's where it can become an issue. But, yeah, this is going to be something that goes on for a while. I don't know if there's a clear fix right now. They're not. And just like we just said, it's just, you know, there's ways to skirt the running back thing. And you get into it's a passing league. We know that. And the team that's been in the three of the last four Super Bowls, the Chiefs, they had three different running backs in all of those. The team that has dominated the century, I mean, it was a stable of running backs every year. They were in the Super Bowl for 20 years straight, the freaking Patriots, right, basically. And, and it was – who were their running backs? I don't know. There's like 20 of them. Lawrence we can Maroney. Right. I mean, we can go on Le- here. James, James Bond, White Corey was Dillon, in there. James White, Kevin Falk, yep. uh, you know, Deion Lewis. I mean, we can just keep going. I mean, it's, so that, that's, that's why teams have adopted this new way of thinking. Like we said, supply has outweighed the demand of the position a little bit. Staying with positional value, yeah. this one from Red Broad. Is the importance of the middle linebacker position declining in modern football? The historical perspective of quarterback of the defense seems to be less important now. Um, basically, the, this, you know, if we start changing rules to help the running backs, how about other devalued roles like run-stopping linebackers and defensive tackles? This is kind of the door that gets yeah, opened a little bit here. But I don't totally agree with this apples-to-apples apples comparison. I've seen this you know, on social media and stuff lately over the last week or so. Right, what, what I would say to this is, Linebackers are getting their second contract. Right. It might not be as much money as we think or want, but like they're getting it. And the good ones are getting to a third too. And we're not seeing that happen with the running backs. So that's that's the point there. You know, I don't think there's a and, and D tackles the same thing. Again, we're you know, the good D tackle, especially the run stopping ones. Yeah, I, they might not get their total value as far as what they're worth to a defense, but good run-stopping ones last 10, 12 years in the NFL, sometimes more. I mean, you know, look at Fletcher Cox right now, what he's doing. There's a number of guys like that. So that's where it's a little different than the running back position. Um, now, the devaluing of the I don't think there's a devaluing of the linebacker. I think there's a... Skill a difference in philosophy right. for the, how the linebackers use compared to our, our day of when we grew up and yeah. stuff. The world's changed, right? You know, the traditional thumping middle linebacker, there's only a few teams in football that play that style of football anymore where they're like, we want a big guy and that the Patriots were talking about. You know, the Ravens are probably still one of those teams. The Saints, New Orleans with Demario Davis, right? You know, the Bucks are a little bit like that where it's still like, yeah, we want a little bit more maybe size at that position. Okay, so that's where I think it's changed more than not. You know, now, yeah, you know, hey, some teams go, we don't even want a real linebacker. We want big safeties basically to come down here. We want more coverage base. We're going to blitz and be more predicated on movement and doing that. So I think that's where it's, it's moved all over, but like, no, is there a devaluing going on with Fred Warner or Roquan Smith or them? No, they're, they're special. They're real. They got to see a second contract and they're going to get to see a third one. And that's where, to me, it's a little different than the running back. That's it. The game has just changed where there's not three linebackers on the field predominantly anymore. No. You, you look at the numbers pulling up. I mean, the Bills led the league in nickel percentage last year, 95%. There right? you go. Right. And then the lowest one, the Dolphins, who were technically around 40%, 
But everybody's really in that 60 to 70 to 80 percent. And of the nickel. Dolphins were finding the third linebacker that was like can just run really fast. Exactly. He was a linebacker, exactly. but you go, he's kind of a safety, really. Exactly. But you just listed him as a linebacker. Exactly. The base de- the argument for base defense is just not there anymore. Where there's there's less linebacker usage and yeah. different skill sets. But to your point, Chris, guys are getting paid. When you look at the total guarantees, I mean, there's four linebackers in the league with higher total guarantees than the top-paid running back, which is Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, right. So that that pendulum is still swinging all, going, it's right. all the way to right. the linebackers right. right now. It's just a matter of what teams want has changed a lot. Yeah. A lot of run and chase. Yeah. I always think of Fred Warner, like when I think of how the game has changed. Exactly. He's your prototypical modern-day modern linebacker. Yep. 240, right, 242, has to lift weights and work hard to kind of be that weight, right? But then runs like a really awesome safety and then yeah. has a physicality and a strength in him that's like out of this world, pound for pound. And, yeah, that's where the league is. But I don't think that's been devalued. I still think, hey, guy in the middle of the field that can go run and get the football and make a tackle is still very high on the list for everybody. And I think, you know, you got the Eagles had T.J. Edwards, and, and they're going to replace him with the Georgia kid paid. this year. He got paid, right? We saw Tremaine Edmonds get paid for <laughs> the Bears, ever. right? You know, you look at your Jets, the number three defense in football, your linebackers are a real thing. Quincy Williams are they're, paid a lot of money. They're the real deal. Yeah. Matt Milano's the real deal, you know? I mean, you, know, you, you get through it here, and you get to the top defense, the Kansas City Chiefs, who they are. Man, Willie Gay and Bolton, they're real. If you saw Bolton's them in great. person, you'd even think more of them. You'd go, oh, my gosh, I didn't realize they're this big, this explosive, everything about them. So, you know, it's still a very important position. But I think, yes, the look of that position is different than, you know, Mike Singletary, Dick Buckus, Harry Carson, we're going to knock your head off. That's not the guy that everybody's looking for anymore. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. It's a world record again! Goal for the United States! Unbelievable! And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this! How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. Let's get into some team-centric questions, starting with the Chiefs. This is from Gamer Dad Kyle. Yes, been missing the pod. What's your take on the Chiefs' wide receiver room currently? Well, I like the Chiefs' wide receiver room. I I mean, I'm I'm scared of one thing, and that's like what we're already seeing happen here is, you know, Tony Kadarius. Tony had a – off the field, another lower leg injury. Yeah. Right? See, that's my concern. Special teams drill, I think. Was it really? I think so. I mean, Kadarius Tony is a special talent. 
he is a number one superstar receiver. He is. But this has to be lower leg injury number four or five of his short year, short career. That's what plagued him with the Giants. He got hurt last year and missed time with two lower leg injuries. And then, yeah, I know he played in the Super Bowl. He's great, but that scares me for the Chiefs that, you know, they, they are invested in him being their marquee guy. But my thoughts overall of the rest of the wide receiver room, I still think they got a little bit of everything. I love the Rasheed Rice drafting from uh, Southern Miss. I think they got him, what, in the third, maybe fourth, right? I think he just takes over what Juju did in that role of the offense. He's a physical yak type of receiver, right? I love um, our, our guy Sky Moore. I think his role increases as far as slot usage and things of what he can do. They get Richie James to the Giants, who's another guy that's, hey, great, played, can do a little bit of everything outside, inside, whatever, right? Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling can still be a go-route guy and take it off the top. We know the tight end's damn good. And then don't forget, they always are, like, good with some, like, you know, guys, you're like, who the fuck is this guy? Oh, Justin Watson <laughs> yeah, last year, Yeah, right? Justin Watson right away. You know, yeah. right. It's like those guys. And then, you know, hell, they got a Justin Ross they're going to try out. That's John be Ross. That's what I mean. So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of excited to see what they can do. Noah Gray, who's a tight end slash big receiver, I think they're fine at the position. Everybody, Mahomes will be okay. Everybody goes from, you know, a five to a seven and a half when they play with Mahomes. Definitely. Right? It's like, oh, actually, this skill set works. Yeah. yeah. It's a little different. It's a it's a. It's it's a little different, and the Chiefs, yeah, they got it rolling right now. Some other Chiefs news, though, yeah. there's a report that Chris Jones wants $30 million a year to be at least the second-highest paid player at his position. Obviously, the structure of the contracts is Aaron Donald by a massive yeah, gap. Right. Then you have Quentin Williams, Dexter Lawrence, Jeffrey Simmons, Jerome Payne. They all just got paid in a row. Yeah, they're all around $22, 23000000 million. Chris Jones justifiably yeah. wants a big number. Right. I saw Mina Kimes tweet this week that he played the most snaps of any defensive lineman in the NFL yeah, last year. It's up there. And we know how talented he is when he's on the field. I, I mean, like how we just started the pod with the Madden ratings and all that. I mean, this is the, to me, it was the first year I, I, when Aaron Donald wasn't the best he tackle in football this year. Chris Jones was. I mean, he was phenomenal. Let alone, hey, he's your guy. You drafted him. He's been tremendously huge and big moments for their football team, making big plays when they need it, right? So, and, you know, I know they have a little bit of a formula there in Kansas City. Once you start to get to age 30, they don't want to overpay you and do stuff like that. Chris Jones is a guy, just like we talked about with defensive tackles. First off, I don't think he's a lazy SOB or anything like that. He works. He loves football. I, I don't think, like, falling off the cliff is coming here anytime soon with this guy. So, you know, to what you said, Connor, he deserves to be paid more than those other guys. Does he deserve maybe to be paid as much as Aaron Donald? No, but I think there's got to be a sweet spot between Aaron Donald and Simmons and Quinn and Williams. That makes sense. Whether that's 28, 29 million dollars a year. I think that's fair. And this is his last chance to get a big payday. And I think the Chiefs got to got to make it happen here. He turned 29 in July. Right. So he's got great years left in him. Final year of his deal. I think this one's justified. This isn't so one too. of those, I just signed a deal, but now everybody's ahead of me. This yeah. is, I'm up after this year. Yeah. I could have a monster. If he went to the open market ever, he tops Aaron Donald's I, He probably does. But the open market's I, yeah. a different beast. Yeah, yeah. So, I got you. You're right, though. No, I think they'll figure, they'll figure I'm very confident they'll figure that I, one out. I think that's too, it's too important. I wish he would uh, do the old hold in. I'm always, a, I, I want the players there. I do think it does them, does, you know, them justice. 
It lets you be around. You get your mind in the right place. You're still getting to work out and move and doing all that, but you're not getting the scrum or doing like that. I wish he would do that, but he he obviously feels like this is what he has to, to do to get it done. Here's one on the Titans from uh, Titans from Wisco. Why do people think Tannehill is a bottom five quarterback in this league? Why is everyone sleeping on the Titans? We almost beat the Chiefs with Malik Willis because of our defense. Now we have legit weapons. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you there. I wouldn't fall asleep on the Titans. To me, the Titans and the Colts are two teams in the AFC. I go, I'm not sure about you. We should just be writing them off over there. You know, I mean, the Titans D is going to be good. They're going to play the right way on offense and make every game tough and interesting and play old-school New England football like Vrabel did when they were winning the first three Super Bowls and all that. I, I do think they're being overlooked. I'm, I'm totally with you there. Tynan Hill being a t- bottom-five quarterback in football is fucking insane. It's insane. <laughs> it's stupidity. It's laziness. It's haterish. It's all started by Brent Grimes and his significant other down in Miami. Right, who just couldn't – they just started this negative hate on him, and that was the reason the Dolphins weren't doing well. And, no, it wasn't him. He's, like, in the playoffs, like, every freaking year now, ever since he left there. And he carried them to the playoffs one year and got hurt late in the year and didn't get to play in the playoffs. But I feel like it's just, like, a jump off of all that. And why? Because he's – I don't know. He's kind of, like, traditional looking. He doesn't have a big personality. He throws the ball traditionally. There's no sidearm or lasers like that. He's fucking really good. He's not a bottom five quarterback. I could tell you that. It's he's, just health. It's yeah, it's right. health, yeah, right? It's all about health. And, well, like, and 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 really, like, when I had to go back and do my quarterback rankings last year, like, everybody, what the fuck did you think he was going to do in the passing game last year? I mean, anytime somebody was open, he hit it. I mean, do, did you see what they looked like when he wasn't playing? Did you see how bad the fucking Titans were on Set offense? Set football back thirty Come years. On. He had nothing. Come on, everybody. Be a little realistic sometimes. It's just too many haters in the world ready to jump on it. They can win with Tannehill. He can do it. And then I think the last thing that piles on that is the three interceptions against the Bengals, right? That's the last thing. And that was his worst game he's played in four or five years. And unfortunately, it was a playoff game, and people hang on that. Did you see before they signed Hopkins, uh, Vrabel had more receiving touchdowns in his career than anybody on their roster? Mike Vrabel caught 12 touchdowns in his career. They had Chris Moore with eight. Uh, Westbrook, uh, Akina, seven, and Traylon Burks caught one. That's crazy. That's so, unbelievable. What yeah. do you think? Of, what do you think of Hopkins going there? A lot of people were like, "Why would he do this?" Like, the contract was great for him, by yeah. the way. But I mean, that's a big need for them. It is, it's it's who were the two teams that wanted him? The teams that are desperate for receiver: the Patriots and the Titans. The Patriots are one injury away from us going. Man, their receiving crew are it ain't very good. You know, two injuries, you're going to be like, what? Oh, who can they rely on? Who's the go-to guy? You know, so I don't think the interest of the money was nearly the same from other teams as it was for those two teams. You go to Tennessee, I think they're underrated, and he's going to be the focal point. He's going to be the guy. So now he gets a chance to get stats. He's going to make some pretty good money, and hopefully he can have a year, and they can have a year where they get in the playoffs. He is the marquee guy, and then he can go back next year and go, I want, you know, some bigger money or whatever else. But, yeah, his reputation is not the best around the NFL. The age, the injuries, and all that, I think, led to it. I think teams like the Bills and Chiefs were interested, but they weren't going to go past a certain price point. And that's why he waited for a little while, but then I think he realized it wasn't going to happen anytime soon, and he had to pull the trigger. I think the glass-half-empty thought process from some people is, 
you know, Julio Jones, yeah. Robert Woods. Yeah. Why is this different? Right. I think I think he's got a little more in the tank than Julio did. Definitely more than what we saw from Robert and, Woods last yeah, year, unfortunately. Definitely. definitely yeah. Yes. And I think where where Hopkins is a little different than Julio too, you know, Hopkins I can play big slot. He can play the slot. He did that last year when he came back, really. That's all he did for the, the Cardinals for the most part. And the other thing I'll say about Hopkins where he has an, av- uh, 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 an advantage over like a Julio did at the late end of his career, and I think you'll agree with this, he's, he's one of the great covered receivers in football. He's Absolutely. truly one of those guys where you go, when he's covered, he's really still not covered. So you're not even always worried. He's not going to separate and make a lot of big plays that way. But he knows how to run routes. He knows how to read coverage. He's got some of the best hands in the history of football. And when he has people around him, his hands are unbelievable in traffic. And I think that's where he's got a little bit more advantage over like a Julio did when he made that switch. Staying in the AFC, this one on the Jets from Israel, DMS7. What do you need to see from Zach Wilson this preseason to confirm he is ready for when his time ultimately comes? I I, I just want to see consistency in running the offense, precision passing in that department. Control. The decisions and the control. Right. You know, the one thing he's done, the hard part, which is like, whoa, he can make game-changing, difference-making throws. You know, that's the hard part. He does that. I don't have any questions about that. It's like, no, I want to see you hit the fifth, second, and seven pass in a row, you know, on the last two drives. I want to see you hit it again. Right? That's what you got to do. I, I don't want to see, oh, incomplete first, incomplete second, incomplete third, come back, incomplete first, incomplete second. Whoa, he threw a 70-yard awesome right. throw, incomplete first, incomplete second. Whoa, another awesome throw. That's, to me, where it has to change, and, and, and that's where I think Rodgers can really help him, especially Rodgers at this point in his career, who's a little more conservative and cerebral. He might be able to rein in Zach Wilson a little bit more. It sounds like he's had a promising start to camp like so it. far, too. So maybe out of the spotlight, things will... Maybe slow yeah. down for him. He's going to play a lot this summer. Exactly. Aaron Rodgers is going to play a lot. He's going to get mechanical advice, you know, reading defense advice. I'd be shocked if Zach Wilson doesn't look really good in the preseason. I would think he, you know, every day he's looking at Rodgers going, okay, I got to do this. I got to compete with this guy. I, I could show Aaron Rodgers. I can throw it like this too. I think it's all going to be positives for him. While we're on the Jets, because this happened during the hiatus, thoughts on Quinn Williams' mega extension? Kind of a no-brainer. No-brainer. It was already done with the other guys getting theirs, Dexter Lawrence. You can't Lawrence. run that defense unless no. they have that we, guy like that. We saw it against the Lions. Right. You got to have yeah. them. It's, yeah. it's, you know, they don't – it's, the, it's this, you know, the 49ers, the Seattle scheme, whatever else. You know, it's predicated on the front four. It's got to be disruptive. We want to have seven in coverage all the time. You know, and he's, he's you know, by all due accounts, the Michael Bennett – what Robert Sala had in Seattle, this is their guy here with the Jets. Put him at the three technique, and he'll just fuck shit up all game long. And I, I don't think it was – yeah, no-brainer is right. You know, I, you know him, uh, Dexter Lawrence, Simmons. Deron Payne. Deron Payne. Those, are, those are the next group here of D-tackles who are just about to hit the prime of their career and start, you know, taking over like we've seen Donald and Chris Jones do for so long. Staying in the AFC East, Bader, THFC, what are your expectations for Mac Jones this year? You brought up Patriots kind of need wide receiver help still. They miss out on Hopkins. But Bill O'Brien's there. Yes, There's an adult in the that, room the, running the offense. That's, that's, that's the big thing, I think, is that, you know, first off, Mac Jones' play 
You know, the second half of the year last year was much better than people think or got to give it credit for. Offense stunk. Talent around him wasn't that great of a position, right? So I just I, – I, I, I liked physically what I saw from Mac Jones. His problems to me early in the year were really just like being a little too gunslinger, being a little too aggressive, not taking care of the football and doing stuff like that. But uh, I, I do think that with that defense – and now an offensive system. See, to me, you draft Mac Jones to have a guy that's got an intricate, unbelievable system. You don't draft Mac Jones and just go, well, he's such a great talent like Mahomes or Allen. And we'll just we'll kind of make shit up as we go along because they can do anything. No. He's the guy where you're like, here's play 794 of the playbook. Have it memorized by tomorrow. And he'll memorize it. That's, that's his great advantage. They took that away from him last year when they were just went, hey, you two run a slant and you two run a slant. Set hut. Like, well, what, the fuck the, what the fuck's the point of having Mac Jones? If that's what you're going to do. So, you know, that's where I'm excited for him. Like you said, Billy O is going to add something to that offense. And uh, I, would, I would be disappointed if he doesn't look better this year. We got a buffet of Bills questions. Uh-oh. The first one from Tundra Yeti, Naheem Hines out for the year. Does this open the door for Dalvin Cook to change his mind about not wanting to play with his brother? Reports emerging that Hines was hit by a jet ski while sitting stationary on his own jet ski. Injuries were oh. serious but not life-threatening. Oh, that's what happened. I, if you would have, if you would have bet, you know, we got this breaking news on Pro Football Talk this morning. I, w- I was like, oh, I guarantee, I guarantee he was training and like on the field, getting ready for conditioning tests, and something blew. A jet ski accident. Oh my gosh. Not great. Not great. Um, yeah, it hurts. I mean, I think the literally. bills. The bills. Yes, yeah, literally is right. I think the bills won. Hey, he's a veteran guy who I think they were going to find a role for, especially in the spread offense. Come out of the backfield. You don't have to worry about James Cook reading the right coverage and making the right cut every time. Hey, we can rely on Naheem because sometimes coaches don't trust the second-year guys to make the, the right decision with all that stuff all the time. I think ultimately it just puts more, more pressure on James Cook to fill that role, and that's what he'll be. I don't think it matters about Dalvin Cook. I don't think Dalvin Dalvin Cook does not want to supplant his brother and squash his brother's career. I think that's very real. Nor would I say this is the best place for Dalvin Cook to go with anyways. I'd go James Cook has potential. Damian Harris is there. He's damn good too, right? So I look at those two and go, hey, they, they can still hold down the fort. They got Latavius Murray, who's going to be, you know, your third or fourth guy that they're just dependable. But, yeah, I don't think the Dalvin Cook thing's happening there in Buffalo. I think where it hurts them the most, you know, kind of obvious special here, teams. Special teams. Yeah. I mean, quietly averaged almost 10 yards per punt return uh-huh. last year with the Bills uh-huh. on 16 returns. Brought back two kicks for a touchdown. Averaged almost 30 yards per return. When he got to Buffalo... He was a lethal returner. Definitely. And it feels like not a lot of guys in this era return both kicks and punts anymore. I know. Kind of an odd thing. Yeah. I understand the art to punt returning is difficult. Yeah, it is. But yeah. he can do both. He can do both. So Yeah, I know. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, I think it was one where you know, there, there was real hope for him this year. And I know McDermott, he was a big fan of Naheem Hines and wanted them to use him more. You know, during the season this year, that was one of his goals. And one of the things I think he said to um, – you know, the OC. Um, oh, uh, the old Miami quarterback? Yeah, what the hell? I don't know why. What's it? 
Yeah, Ken, Ken Dorsey. Dorsey. I was Ken Holy Dorsey. Shit, I, I know. I just couldn't think of his damn the, uh, name. I don't know what I was blanking the booth, there. The famous Sorry, booth it's meltdown. Sorry, the first day back, man. But yeah, that 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 uh, I know was on their radar. So that that does hurt. All right. So staying with Buffalo, this one on you know a little bit more positive note, hoop stuff. Buffalo lost three regular season games by eight total points. They didn't have Von Miller, and Allen had the elbow injury in the back half. The D was destroyed by injuries. They've improved the roster everywhere but linebacker. So why exactly do I see everyone picking the Dolphins or Jets over them? Well, those rosters are real. I mean, that's the yeah. first thing. Sure. You know, it's not a disrespect of the the. The Bills roster. Division's like, great. The division is great. It's as good as we've ever seen, like we were saying in the spring. I've never seen the, a- the AFC East this good. Never. And, you know, I think there's some teams in the AFC in general that have some big-time playmakers and everything, you know. So that's where I think it's different. And, yeah, you know, they, they got some signings at free agency, but what's what what was the signing in free agency that really changed their team? What 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 you know? That's where I'm going to go. Yeah, they did some what good steps jobs. Did you take? But I'm telling yeah. you, like again, what we've been complaining about with the Bills is the upper echelons, blue chip type players. That to me is what they're missing compared to the Bengals, the Chiefs, the Eagles, the Niners, the other top rosters in football. So they've kind of gone, let's spread the wealth and be good in all areas, but maybe not great in any area. And I think to that, too, you know, what we all come to, or at least what I do, I just worry about, yeah, it's too Josh Allen-centric. So I'd like to see, you know, more taken off of his plate to where it doesn't be, hey, it's third and nine, Josh, make a great throw or scramble and, you know, do seven cartwheels and then throw a laser or, oh, it's third and two. Hey, Josh, run up the middle and run over the middle linebacker. Like it just, it it seems like it's too much to ask, but I listen, they're still going to be thought of when I got to pick who's going to win these divisions. This is still without question, one of the three best quarterbacks in football, but I think the rest of the roster is not, quite as star power as some of the other teams in the AFC or the AFC East. If Vaughn was 100% out of the gate week one, it would just look a little different. We just just don't know. Right. And Leslie Frazier, I mean, we'll see the impact of his departure. I I still – I do, obviously, a ton of AFC East. I still lean Buffalo. It's their division until it's not. I kind of run by that. If things didn't change, like Josh Allen's still there, right? Yes, right. But – there's a culture, a toughness, a battle-testedness right. that they have that we haven't seen the Jets or Miami offer 100%. yet. One hundred percent. But on paper, I think if we were going to go through you and I, position group by position group, with the Dolphins, Jets, and Bills, we're going to take more of the Dolphins and Jets position groups than we are the Bills. I, I think that's down. kind of the way to, to break it down. Our last Bills one from not Bucky Cox. What has Buffalo done to improve their front eight on defense? I still vividly remember them getting bullied by the Bengals at home in the playoffs. Yeah. I, you know, I, I just think it's a little bit of what we said. Hey, they got Von Miller last year because they needed somebody that can close games out. You know, but I think Ed Oliver, who's really good, uh, they need more dominance in the middle of their defense. Jordan Phillips has to stay healthy. That was kind of the, one of the under-the-radar killers to them last year was that he was their best run-stopping, plug-the-middle-up you know, type of defensive tackle, and he got banged up for a lot of year. They re-signed him. You know, they got to stay healthy on that front. Greg got in Rousseau, Puna Ford. Yeah, got in Puna Ford, so another big body. They got to be hoping that'll help a lot. They got to. You know, they have, they have depth and versatility. Again, it goes back to, yes, they have depth and versatility, but – 
I, I just in some big moments, other than Von Miller in the Chiefs game or this game, like when's the last time you can remember a Bills defensive lineman doing anything in a big moment? Like that, that's where I would pose to people because I can go through the Bengals and go Trey Hendrickson, DJ Reader, yeah. Sam Hubbard. I can pick out point plays right off the top of my head. I can pick off plays with Chris Jones and guys on the Chiefs defense or the 49ers or the Eagles or the Cowboys or you know the other top teams in football. And with the Bills, I go, mm, I I can't think of a marquee play or big moment that they showed up other than Von Miller making a few sacks before he got hurt last year. I think something you lean on, Chris, as much as anyone, and this shows up more than ever in the conference championships and the Super Bowl, is how many difference makers do you have? Yes, right. And, and the Bills, it's incredible what they're able to do schematically. But, um, really, the defensive side of the ball yeah. is what jumps out to me. I, that I agree. They can plug in a second-string guy, and you look at it and go, okay, we wish Matt Milano was out there, but we could survive. Where, yeah, I think that's your argument right now, is that you think some other teams might have more difference makers. Until I, I these young so. guys pop. Yeah. That's up to Rousseau. Right. Right. That's up to Ed Oliver from being a good player to the player he was drafted to Exactly be. right. Exactly right. So. That, that, that's, that's what it is. And, and, yeah, you know, they have a lot of things to love and respect, and they're tough. And like you said, they're so well coached, and, you know, they do so many things the right way. But, you know, you get deep in the playoffs, guess what? The other teams you're playing, they're well coached too. And they're they're pretty good at all areas too. But then you know, like I've said, they you know they just they got guys that oh wait oh hey uh, Aaron Donald gets a big sack and he wins the Super Bowl or you know oh whoa there's AJ Brown double coverage touchdown and or you know or or you know there there's you know Christian McCaffrey up the middle in the playoff game oh he ran over this guy ran over another guy touchdown right there's none of that going on with the Bills if it's not Josh Allen doing it nobody's doing it and I think that's kind of the thing that's holding them back all right we got a Netflix question oh, on man. the series quarterback have you have you watched any I'm not, of it? I know so, but read it I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it this So we can revisit this one. Vincent W. just wanted to know your thoughts on the Netflix quarterback series. I've only seen clips. I am going to watch it. Uh, Did you see the Mahomes clip, though, against Max Crosby? Oh, you know, I saw a little bit of him, like, yelling at him, I'm here, I'm here. You woke up the wrong motherfucker. Exactly right. I think people, when they see a quarterback sometimes, especially one that good who's so – I mean, Mahomes does nothing wrong. Yeah. right? Right. He's like a perfect player. Right. When they see, and there's nothing wrong with that, it's just eye-opening. It's like, damn, it's a different different story on the field. Yes. What goes on. And not all, you know, this. not all quarterbacks are like that, but Mahomes is. M- Mahomes, he, he, he embraces it. The dog meter is like a thousand. Definitely. While also the talent is a thousand. I, I feel like he and Josh Allen are very much like that. And I think Joe Burrow is too. I think I people are actually, actually scared to even talk to Joe Burrow because they like <laughs> look at him and like, he's an assassin. He might kill yeah. us and we don't want to piss him off a little bit. But I think they have a little bit of that. Yeah. And yeah, quarterbacks are a little more intense than people realize. They're a little more shit talking and in your face shit. They're saying, you know, Tom Brady wasn't over there telling everybody, hey, you smell good. You're very handsome. He wasn't saying that to the other team a lot of the times. So there's a little bit of an edge there. I'm, I, um, I almost started it last night. So I, I watched the Schwarzenegger documentary. Okay, I heard right? that's phenomenal. I got to watch Yogi Berra, yep. which is phenomenal. I got to watch Nolan Ryan, which I heard is phenomenal. But my dad came in the house on Friday night this last week. He's like, Christopher, you watch quarterback series? He's like, damn, it's good. Oh, he if oh, he likes he, it. He got me going. Because he can kind of see through the BS. Oh, uh, he's like, it's great. He, oh, he, oh, he's like, oh, I'm in Mahomes, his training. Oh, his training. He's like, he's revolutionary. He's going to change the game, so I'm I'm uh, I'm excited to see it. I know me and my my son Philip will be on the couch watching this. So let me add on my own. So this this series is Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, Mariota. They did different tiers of quarterbacks, kind of quarterbacks. 
They're going to do season two. Yeah. If you could pick three mm. quarterbacks for them to follow, let's take those guys out. They're not going to redo Mahomes. Yeah. Who would you roll with? Because it's got to be – it's not just talent. It's interest. It right? definitely is interest, right? It's like – Burrow would probably be great. I think I would love to see He's Burrow. probably the elite guy you want on it yeah. after Mahomes. Yeah, I, I think, think so. I think so. He's too. interesting. Yeah, he's interesting. He's got a clutch and a coolness in yep. his veins and a and a humble cockiness that I think you're exactly right is interesting. So he would be one that I'd certainly look at. So then pick a veteran. I almost want to say like Jimmy Garoppolo would okay. be the one I'd love to see. Li- right? Lifestyle would be fascinating. Lifestyle, if they let, let him show that. The pressure of this year, the injuries, yeah. all of that. I think that would be up there. You know, Tua comes to mind a little bit. Tua being so polarizing that way. I, mm. So, you know, Lamar would be an oh, yeah. awesome, like, I'd love to see that. You know, so I, I, those are the ones that really kind of pop to me right away when I think about it. Um, you know, that group. But, yeah, I, you know, were you, did you want me to pick, like, superstar, a, mid-level? Or I think the third guy should be a journeyman. Yeah, yeah, superstar, mid-level. We got through that. Who's the journeyman? Yeah, who is the journeyman? I, I'm almost fascinated by, like, a Taylor Heineken. Well, it could be him. You right. know, Always Kind of starting, but right. always somewhere different. Yeah, yeah. Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. Those, those are the bucket we're looking at right, right. now. But they got to be a starter, though, right? That's, they got to be starting be. right now. They should so, be. Why not Tannehill? Tannehill's actually a good one, for sure. I thought, of, Tannehill, I thought of yeah. Derek Carr, too, a little bit. Sure. You know, maybe to be along that, that line. Or maybe a Baker Mayfield would be fun that, for that. That's There's probably a journeyman. He'll give us some sound bites. That's probably your guy. Baker's our journeyman. Yes. Yes, right. that's an entertaining one. So Baker's our journeyman, Burrow's our star, and then who's our mid-level nerd like Kirk Cousins? That's oh, maybe that's maybe that's Daniel Jones. Yeah, it's probably right? a Daniel Jones yeah, situation right there. there. Although I don't know if he'll give you a single word that'll be interesting for the show. He's just like even keel. He is. He not is. too high, not too low, which is great thing to have for a quarterback. Not great for TV. No, no, it's not. He's uh, he's really well thought out. Yeah, he's smart. He's not going to give you too many sound bites. You're right. Um, but, yeah, he would fit that, that mold a little bit of, of being that guy. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This one from Stephen Sullivan. The worst day in my sports life was when my Chargers drafted Justin Herbert. Your podcast convinced me to give him a chance. I've followed every episode since. What do we think about XFL, USFL quarterbacks? Well, thank you, Stephen Sullivan, for saying that. I appreciate that. Um, yep, Herbert's amazing. He's pretty good. And I keep waiting to hear his new contract Like, come on the news here any day here. I would think that it's going to happen with him, and then Joe Burrow's going to one-up him, and then we'll be good for the, the start of the season here. XFL, USFL quarterbacks. Taylor Listen, Heineke comes to mind. Well, yeah, yeah. There's, there's some value here, yeah. right? You know, Garrett Gilbert, right? right. You know, you got some guys where I think it's great 
Because I think some of these guys are justified, can be backups or at least third stringers in the NFL and maybe just didn't quite get the break or the chance to play or show it on a team to where this gives them another opportunity. I, listen, we're never going to come away from these leagues and go, oh, we found a starter for the team. That's, that's not going to happen. Yeah, the NFL is not insane. that off base yeah. on their, their evaluation. No more Kurt Warners. But I think, yeah, you, you, I think you're going to get, you know, oh, wait, that guy had a good year. Hey, he can be our backup. And, like, we can depend on them. I think that's what we're going to find from the XFL and USFL and the quarterback department. This one from uh, Honald Blake. Who's your top five secondaries? Oh, shit. Shit. Yeah, this is where it gets. We could, You know, you could. this is homework assignment. Okay, that's let's a, do that. Yeah, because this is one maybe you should. That, that, that's, this might be a sit down for 30 minutes. That, that is a good. That's one we're going, hee, ha, Homework assignment uh, right there. I'm not sure. Mm, man, damn, I forgot about them. I know Miami's going to be one of them. Sure. All right. Xavier Howard, Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, that, that's for sure. Who's there, is there any other really, really obvious one? Like the Chargers have the potential. You know, if J.C. Jackson, when he's back healthy with Derwin James and Asani Samuel and all that group there. Um, I would say Sauce and D.J. Reed are in there. They're, Jets Mike, are definitely Michael in the conversation. Carter in the slot. They're in the conversation yeah, for Seattle's sure. Seattle's in the conversation Absolutely. now with, with Witherspoon. Exactly. Alongside Warren. Yeah, and the safeties there's, they there's got. A lot. I mean, you're right. When you do it off the top of your head, you're like, I'm definitely it, it missing gives you issues. an obvious one. So we'll come back to that. Give, us, give me to Wednesday. But I think we hit on some pretty good ones right there. That are certainly in the running. Uh, yeah, okay. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll dive back in that at a later time. We got a Niners question. Your boy L. Ray, if Purdy can't go to start the season, does Kyle think Darnold can have a Geno Smith-like resurgence if he's asked to Ooh. start? Well, what up, your boy L. Ray? Um, I don't know if I'm going to say it's to Geno's capabilities. High I mean, level. Yeah, I mean, Geno, you know, as you, know, you heard me say yeah. last year and before the year last year, Gino's talent is star-ish. It's star-ish. It really is. I do know, and I've said this during the spring, Shanahan's always liked Darnold. He likes everything about him, the physical skills, what he's made up of, all of that, to where I certainly think Shanahan thinks he can have a Sam Darnold resurgence of like, hey, look, this guy's good and can be a starting quarterback and he can win you a lot of games, no doubt about it. You know, Geno's year was pretty damn good last year. But I think something like that, I don't think is crazy. I don't think it's crazy at all. Can I see the 49ers starting the year out 4-0 with Sam Darnold, the quarterback, and then everybody we hear hearing <laughs> Brock Purdy's healthy, and it's like, oh, shit, fuck, are we really going to bench Sam Darnold and put Brock Purdy back in? Do I think that could maybe happen? No doubt. I do. There's a reason Darnold was the number three pick in the draft. There's things to like, and like we talked about in the spring, he was stuck in maybe the two most fucked up situations yep. in football. So it's hard to be successful there. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm expecting positive things if that, if that opportunity does arise. This one on the Rams, Mark Floyd, would love an outlook on the Rams. Given the weak NFC, I think there is a shot at a playoff berth, especially if Stafford stays healthy. Well, I I'm never going to count the Rams out. I, I think at like roster looking at them, I'd go, eh, right. You know, it's not great. It's certainly not. One thing I'll always say about the Rams, you know, battle tested, tough. You could say whatever you want. McVay's teams have always been like that. And last year, yeah, I don't think they would have made the playoffs if they stayed healthy, but I think they would have been 
like hanging in there if Stafford and Cooper Cup don't get hurt. And we would have been like, ooh, you know, maybe if they win the last three games of the year, maybe they can get in, something like that, right? But um, I, I don't see playoffs. I worry about the O-line. I do think Stafford healthy and, you know, Cooper Cup healthy. They're going to be a pain in the butt. I still think they're very creative on the defensive side of the ball with Raheem Morris. Aaron Donald being back, of course, will be a great help. But, no, I don't know if I – when I have to make these decisions, if I'll be able to call Rams in the playoffs. I think I'd be more leaning right now to go Rams, pain in the ass in the NFC, fuck up some teams' dreams of getting into the playoffs, right? But probably are like a seven and ten type of football team. I think is how I kind of look at them right now. I'm with you. The roster on paper situation. They're just in that mold of kind of sold their soul for a Super Bowl. Nothing That's wrong right. with that. Yeah, I mean, it's a great place to be. Right. And you're going to have a period of time where you're turning over whether it's bad money or you had no draft picks. Yeah. No draft picks to build a 53-man. No, that's exactly right. So that's where they are right now. Like you said, there's a lot of injury variants with the Rams. Stafford, they're three best players. Stafford, Cooper Cup, and Aaron Donald. Well, they're still very top-heavy. You know, that, that's where they are. And that's what we scared us during the last five years when they were in the Super Bowl conversation. Right. We kept going, man, if, they're, if this guy gets hurt and that guy gets they're screwed. Yep. And they, they, you know, they were lucky that way in a lot of ways. And that's partly because of McVay knows how to train them and knows how to manage their bodies and all of that. But, yeah, they're kind of rebuilding on the fly right now. They are. And, yeah, I don't expect them to be special, but I expect them to be a, a pain in the ass, that's for sure. This one is from the Ghost of the PFT comment section. Florio said that he is very close to believing in the Packers to make the playoffs with Jordan Love at the helm. What do you think is the ceiling and the floor for Green Bay this year? I, I'm, I'm with Florio in this. I think the Packers are, you know, in the NFC, the Packers, the Saints – the Falcons, I think, are three teams that I probably look at that I feel like are being a little overlooked or not given the credit to their overall football team that maybe they should have, right? I think that the Rodgers out of Green Bay, Jordan Love starting quarterback gives the team an energy bump. I do think that. I think there's going to be a lot of guys up there that are going to be like, well, this wasn't all Aaron Rodgers. We were fucking pretty good here. And they like this Jordan Love kit. I know that's real. Like, the person is liked in the locker room. They're going to fight for him. They had a down year last year for a lot of reasons. I think the the exhaustion of Rodgers and all the shit that was going on behind the scenes, that being gone, they got a good O-line. They got two good running backs. I honestly think the young receivers will probably feel more emboldened now that they don't have Rodgers, you know, breathing down their neck a little bit. And the defense underperformed last year. And it still was good. just wasn't as good as we all thought it was going to be. I I am leaning – playoff-ish for the Green Bay Packers. Certainly not a team where I expect them to fall off or anything like that. I guess, like, if just to answer the question more specifically, like, the floor, okay, if, you know, it gets off to a rock, rocky start and, man, love is all over the place and making bad decisions, and, yeah, okay, maybe they could be 6-10 and 10, or 6-11, and 7-10, and 10, something like that. You know, but I, I, I do think they can win the NFC North. I don't think that's a crazy thought at all. Is there something to a locker room being now another year removed away from losing a superstar presence like Devontae Adams? Like, does it, after that happens, is that year one, everyone's looking around like, 
man, the guy that we can go to to win us a game is not here. We're kind of figuring it out. Now you're removed. I know Rodgers has gone too, but people might look around and be a little more comfortable. This is who we are, and yeah. other guys got to find a way. No, no, no doubt about it. Right? we got to do this as a team. Yes. You know, receiver's going to be, hey, fuck, I, might, I know I might not get 12 catches. i got to fucking block the safety in the right. run game here. i got to do the little things here to make us all better, and it'll come back to me one way or another. Yeah, I think it'll get a little bit more back into team-oriented rather than, hey, we're on the one-yard line. Let's let Rodgers throw a touchdown so his right. stats are a little bit better right. and all that kind of crap and all that. So I think that's, that, that's going to be the positive thing. But, you know, when you brought that up, you talked about the Devontae Adams and, like, ooh, who's going to be the guy that makes the play in the big moment? That's the one area with, like, Saquon Barkley. I wanted to hit on this when we were in the running back with the Giants, right? Like, if the Giants don't have Saquon Barkley, they're going to have to play a different style of football this Absolutely. year. Absolutely. They're going to have to rely on the pass game and being more open. One of the ways they were able last year to go, let's play conservative, let's run the ball, let's run a bootleg, a quarterback design run. Oh, okay, hey, the game's 17-14 in the middle of the third or late third, fourth quarter, whatever. The team had confidence that they could win those games. Why? Part of that was because Saquon Barkley. They just go, he's going to bust one. Right. He'll make a play here. One of these fuckers will make he'll make we're we're in the game. Saquon will make a play. So, and that's you know, that's a great value he has to their team and that's where I, I, I wish the Giants would actually give him more money than what the franchise tag would offer. Which they can if they want. Yeah. yeah. They have that option to they do can that. pay him more. This one from Robert, Robert ba- uh, Babcock. Hey, Chris, glad to see you back. Would be interested to know what you and Connor each have as your bottom line expectation for Sean Payton's Broncos in terms of wins and losses this year. Yeah. Well, I'm bullish on the... I know you are. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing, Chris, why I always come back to with teams like the Broncos, right? It's You feel like, okay, things are going to be right because Peyton's there. It can't get worse with Russ. It has to get better. Right. They have some injuries coming back, like a Tim Patrick. Then you stack the AFC and you're just like... Oh, I know. I mean, just look at the standings last year. The Chiefs, Bills, Bengals, Chargers, they're all going to be good this year. The Ravens, they're going to be good. Jacksonville's going to be fine. Miami... Who knows with the Steelers? Tomlin never has a losing season. New England's hanging around. The Jets have Aaron Rodgers. We talked about how high you are in Tennessee coming back. Did Watson knock off the rust with Cleveland? Cleveland should be interesting this year. Then there's four teams left. The Raiders, Broncos, Colts, and Texans. That's the, it's such a weird poll back and forth because it's like the Broncos should be better. Coaching's way better. Roster should be fine. This conference is complete hell. It's insane. It's insane. It's insane. Because the question's wins and losses, not just think do things look better. Things will look better. I I I honestly can sit here and look at the AFC and go, the only team that I can definitively say will not make the playoffs are the Houston Texans. I'm hundred percent with you. The other fifteen teams I can go, I I can see it. I can see there's some that are less than others, sure. But it's like really the only team I'm like willing to cancel out. I think Vegas would be another team that I'd throw out there to go. I'm not sure they're quite ready for prime time yet that I, that I would worry about them as far as like, all right, if I had to cancel them out. Um, but, you know, I, you know, I'm not going to give specific wins or losses right now, Robert, just because I know that we're going to have to do that here in a few weeks and I'm going to get into that. Be shocked if they're not much improved. Be shocked if they're not in the thick of things here. You know, like you said, I, we're going to – we're going to see teams this year that I'm going to go, we're, you're going to hear me in December go, this team might not make the playoffs, but if they get in, they could win the Super Bowl. We're going to be in one of those years in the AFC. There's going to be two or three teams we're going to look at and go, they could have won the Super Bowl this year, and they're not even in the playoffs. That, that's what I think we're looking at. But 
Payton is going to get the offense back on track. He's going to get Russell Wilson back on track. One of the things Sean Payton does not get enough credit for is how physical his teams are right. and how they run the football. And with Javante Williams back and practicing, I think that's going to be a great addition. And we know the defense is going to be legit. And, and Vance Joseph, I think the world of him is a D coordinator. So I think they're much improved. But, yeah, am I willing to just go here flat out right now on July 24th and go, there are the playoffs? No, i got to think about it a little more. I'd like to see a few preseason games first before I have to make that quite determination. An interesting question here from Matthew Takax. With the EPL Summer Series going on in anticipation of the upcoming EPL season, what are your thoughts on if the NFL were to ever adopt a promotion-slash-relegation system like the Premier League? The problem is the NFL doesn't have divisions. The Premier League has the has the four different ones so if you are the bottom three team you get dropped down and financial ramifications you have to work your way back up the nfl there's no minor league system there's no they'd have to create a whole new division i know that's 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 where it's hard and i don't know if you could really find other teams that could actually really they're like oh wait they're playing minor league football and now they're going to come up here and compete with the the big boys this year i don't know if there's enough to go around there in that department you know in Hey, the NFL's got a pretty good thing they're working that's with a, right now. That's the thing it works. It's hard to it's hard to break down what they're doing in that. It's set up a little differently than of course the Premier League where there's no salary cap or anything like that. So that's where we we took that part of it to make the league a little more equal, you know, where they made it like, hey, if you don't play good, your ass is out of the league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You better play better. Uh but but yeah, I you know, I don't know if that's really realistic, you know, for the NFL. It would almost you'd almost have to create another division of football and I mean you need so many cities to do that. You I know. Need, it needs to be global. Yes. So it'd start in Europe. Right. But then if a European team got promoted to the NFL, we I just want to see us get a team in England first. Let's just see yeah. us get a team in England first it'll and go in from our there. Lifetime. I, I would think so. Yeah, I think yeah. it'll happen in yeah. our lifetime. This one from Lee Eisen. Do you feel like you have a different perspective watching tape high versus sober, or does being high just dull your acuity? <laughs> no, it does not dull my acuity. I tell people all the time, like, like when I smoke weed, I'm as smart as I can possibly be within that first hour. <laughs> Maximizes brain Maximize power. my IQ. Now, after that hour is over, I might get progressively dumber from there. I don't know. There's a part of me sometimes that thinks maybe – you know, I'm Winston Churchill in a past life. I think I may be better with a drink and weed a little bit, like just going all day long. But I will say this. I don't ever watch film high. Never. Right. I mean, never. I'm not trying to, like, I know people that do, and that's fine. But that just ain't me. I'm totally a, like, I work, I work, I work. The day of work is over. Now let's relax and take your mind off. Now where weed will come into hand, play with me, though, along these lines at least i've watched film i've done work i've watched film my brain's so convoluted okay now i'm gonna take oh hey the day's over hey honey i'm gonna go out here and smoke you know my daddy's cigar or whatever i go out there i will have some revelations about what i watched you can kind of clear yeah clear into my brain where i go and i'll have thoughts that yes that i don't know if i would have if i didn't smoke that i go that i bring to the show the next day or whatever you know, and a lot of the times you'd be shocked at how many times my producer or my friends go, hey, that was a good thought you today. And I want to go, yeah, I actually thought of that when I was high last night after I got done working or whatever. Uh, <laughs> I like this. You're a little graphic here. 
Have you ever watched? Did you ever see Set of a Woman on Weed Man? All twenty two. Did you ever watch weed. All twenty two on Weed? I don't know. Is there a guy in the bushes? Code Red. Code Red. You got You've seen that movie before? No. You've never seen How High? I'm not no. a How High. That's um. Uh, half baked. No. With da- oh, you need to go home tonight and watch Half Baked with Done. Dave Chappelle. Done. I'll bring it back for All Wednesday. Right. All right. Good. Yeah. Great. Bring some weed with you. Okay? Yeah. That's, right. I mean, I feel like that has to accompany <laughs> you. The last one here from Tripod Two X. The only way we can close out this show. Uh, Tripod wants to know: Does your wife ever hit the blunt? Man, not anymore. Okay. There's been some talk about it. Oh, rumors. There's been some <laughs> talk about it out in the streets, though. Many people are saying that she might do it soon. Um, my wife. Used to smoke with me every now and then. Every now and then. And then one night, I made her smoke from the bong. And it got her so high and fucked up that it scared her. And she did. I see you laughing over there as you're walking by. (laughs) I got her so high and fucked up that she's gotten scared to smoke ever since. She was literally like in the fetal position on the couch, right? One of those. It was one of those. So she's been a little scared ever since. We'll do it. But. She has been talking about it lately, and I think she's getting sick of wine a little bit, and she's been like, hey, get me a good indica. She doesn't want anything that makes her brain race. Sure. She just wants something to relax Chill. and Chill mode. Can, like, sit on the yeah. couch, right? So I think I'm, uh, we're going to try to peer pressure there, uh, peer pressure the wife, Tripod 2X, but thanks for the question, man. Man, what they say about opposites attracting, sativa, indica, it's, <laughs> it's right. amazing, isn't it? <laughs> it it is. really is. <laughs> Oh, man. Where, where is Half Baked? Half Baked is streaming on the Peacock. Oh, my Come God. On. Seamless. You know that? Seamless. It's just, it's just too good working oh, here, Oh, you got to check this you out. You get it all. Doctor said I need a bacchiotomy. That came from this 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 movie right here. A lot of great scenes it, it in this one. It will be done. Now we're in 20 minutes. That's basically a TV episode. That, right? Days. Isn't that crazy? It's insane. Now we're in 22 minutes. <laughs> All right, that's your homework, okay? There it is. Your you homework got- is top five secondaries. Mine is watching half. <laughs> okay, wow. And, and you can get baked while you do it. There's no rules. You can do it if you want. No, vacation's right. kind of still going on. Still going, we're oh, yeah, we're still dipping going our toes back in the water. That's right. That's right. This All right, fun. everybody. Hey, Connor. Dude. You're the man, bro. Dude, always great you're to the be man. here. Great it's a blast. You. Yep. Uh, Connor will be back on Wednesday. We'll hit more AMAs. We got a few other things we got to unpack that we left untouched or unsaid today. So we'll get into that. Uh, but hope everybody's good. It's great to be back. Football season is here. Uh, Ahmed, see you later. Thanks. Thanks for showing up for my first podcast in a while. I can't believe you just dished me like that, but he'll be back next week. Connor, thanks for driving the ship. Love being here. All right, homies. We'll see you. We'll see you Wednesday. Clap it up. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.